Welcome to the Center Mid Philosopher. This episode is brought to you by Augustus Royale Fashion. Life's not black and white, it's gray, and gray is beautiful. Check out the brand below in the link. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm Matt Healy, and I'm the Center Mid Philosopher. Uh, the title of this episode is called What's in a Number? It's a, um, a take on Shakespeare's What's in a Name from Romeo and Juliet and and similar into that. Uh, what's in a name? Well, actually, quite a lot. So what's in a number? Uh, a lot. Um, you know, you hear uh, announcers and pundits all the time now say, oh, he's a typical six. He's an eight. He's a, a ten. Uh, he's a four. Uh, he's a nine. You hear that one quite a bit. He's a nine. They, they're looking for a new number nine. Um, how did we get here? Um, what do these numbers mean? How did these numbers become so mythological and take on an aura and symbolism and, and responsibility, frankly, and can oftentimes be a burden? Um, and how did we get here? So this is going to be a brief history into um, Jersey numbers in the game of soccer and um, how did we get here and, and how did they become so symbolic with certain positions, certain styles of play, certain cultures, certain teams, uh, deify certain numbers for different reasons, and um, some are cursed within certain teams. Um, and I think the biggest thing is the takeaway here is that it the power of a number is almost bigger than any one player. It can catapult a career and it can tank a career. Really excited for this one. Um, when we were planning it together, I was just like, man, just thinking like all the extra pressure when, you know, someone, a young player gets assigned 10 or 9. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm really excited to dive in. Yeah, that's exactly right. Even to, you know, a nonchalant American fan typically knows, even watching their kid's soccer game, who's typically the best player on the team? Well, find number 10. That's, everyone kind of knows that. Well, how did we get to? How did we get here? How did ten become that? Um, and um, we'll look at each number and the symbolism behind each one, famous players that wore each one, and the history of numbers in general. Uh, and then maybe the future. Where where are numbers going? What what does the future look like for that? Um, so going way 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 back, prior to 1928, um, they didn't even wear numbers. It was just eleven guys running around out there on the field. And a guy named Herbert Chapman was a legendary Arsenal manager, uh, pioneered the idea of wearing uh, number strips on the back of the jersey, very first match against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and it was uh, originally kind of, it was a bit of an outcast. It was like, why are you doing this? This is weird, it's complicated. But then about over the next decade or so, it actually became useful. So why was it useful? Why did they start doing it? So it kind of actually started to influence formations. So there weren't probably as much of cohesive formations as there are now. You constantly hear uh, different players, different teams, where, you know, 352, 442, 4-3-3. You know, four one four one. You know, there's all sorts of formations. So this was kind of the beginning of that. It was a way for players to kind of know where they should be on the pitch in relation to their teammates. And so, as such, it started with just one through eleven, and one was the goalkeeper. And so, very interestingly, the very first formation was we think typically think of it as a three five two, but it was actually a two three five. So the reason number two and three are the right and left back is because it went one and then two and three were the first two defenders. So they would only have two in the back. And then three in the midfield, which was four, five, six. And then seven through 11 were the top five. So a lot of the, that's where it all started. And a lot of the players now still adhere to those um, numbers. Um, and, you know, then years later it, um, a lot of formations shifted to the typical MW or 442. So, so different numbers shifted forwards and some went wide and some went forward. Um, but uh, interestingly, 
two and three. So number two, we'll talk about two a little bit more in depth here. Number two is typically that of a right back. Number three is typically that of a left back. My man, Paolo Maldini, probably one of my all-time favorites. Um, and four, we'll, again, we'll go into much more depth on this, is, is you know, that was originally kind of in the midfield in the four, five, six, but over time when they realized having two in the back is nowhere near enough, the four kind of went back. And it be, kind of became more of a center back. You know what my first thought was when we were chatting about this is uh, I'm sure the refs appreciated the numbers coming into play, like having to keep up with yeah. cards and yeah. and all that stuff. I'm sure that uh, maybe it wasn't the original play, but I'm you know it definitely helps them. Yeah, I mean, interestingly, like having numbers at all has had a massive influence on the game because it's it's it kind of introduced different formations and you know then kind of like okay different responsibilities for different positions and and different um you know because i mean a right and a left back is very different so the two and three is extremely different than the four you know um and we'll talk about the evolution of the twos and the threes and the fours and in a little bit more depth um but a little bit more of a history um you know the seven eight seven and eleven Tip kind of moved wide, which is still adopted today. 11 is kind of that more, a little bit more of a left mid. Seven's typically a little bit more of a right mid. I mean, not always, but you, you see a lot of wingers that are seven and 11. And so four, five, four, uh, two, like so four, six, eight are kind of in the middle. Four being the furthest back, six being the defensive center mid, eight being attacking center mid, and then 10 being a forward so nine and ten have were kind of the forwards um and interestingly nine has really grown to become that of the lone wolf striker and ten is actually i would actually argue that Lionel messi has kind of had a massive influence on the number 10 and being that more of an attacking center mid which i know he still kind of plays forward now but in his peak years at barcelona barcelona he was the 10 was actually more of a sitting right behind the two forwards. Maradona kind of did that as well. Um, so um, that's a little bit of a history. So, and then when substitutes were eventually introduced in 1965, interestingly, substitutes weren't even allowed before 1965. Um, they were allocated ascending numbers from 12 up. Um, interestingly enough, too, a lot of teams skipped 13 for it being unlucky. And now a lot of teams actually skip 12 because 12 has become the honorary number to the fans. And so 12 in a lot of different teams is sort of a retired number because you hear the 12th man is the ultras, the fans. I wonder, you know, I'm just spitballing here, like the, the 9 and the 10, if you had to kind of chop up like the most recognizable uh uh, you know, assigned to positions. It's probably the nine and the ten, and then I would say probably next is the seven, probably. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking to myself, it's the three most, most, most of the time, like prolific players on the pitch. Yeah. And I wonder if that is why that has been ingrained into us a little more than say the two, the four. Um, you know. Yeah, there. that's exactly right. Like, so that we've kind of gotten to why didn't why are nines and tens become like why are they the goal scorers? Well, they just literally happen to be at the top. I mean, if you'd reverse if you'd reverse the order of the numbers where you started at eleven, the goalie was eleven and you went down, well then you'd be sitting here talking about how the twos and threes were the biggest goal scores. So there's your history on how we got there. Um, but it, and it, you know, interestingly, we've really anthropomorphized these numbers and they have all taken on a whole new identity into themselves and are evolving all the time as we speak. And so you interestingly enough too, so England, they were really the beginning of this. And and they interestingly enough, they still adhere to the one through eleven and they it's like a nod to their nostalgia and their the history of the game. So they still do one through eleven on their starting eleven. Um, and even back then, you know, great players w weren't necessarily wholly synonymous with certain players. And you know, George Best, for example, a typical a player typically associated with the number seven. He kind of launched number seven globally, and certainly at Manchester United, um, 
he would don a myriad of numbers depending on where he'd start in the pitch. So it was actually like wherever you were, that's the number you played. So wherever George Best was needed, I mean, I've seen him with a 11. I've seen him with – so, yeah, sometimes they say, hey, man, we need you on the left. So he would be 11. And then if he was on the right, he'd be a 7. Um, I think I've seen him wear an 8 occasionally. We're a little bit more of an attacking center mid. But then um, – when the law, the inception of the Premier League is what really started to attach players to numbers, and um, another thing was the. This is interesting. So, literally every country national team adhered to the one through eleven, starting with the goalkeeper in the back all the way to the top, except for Argentina, is kind of what broke the mold. Um, in the nineteen seventy four nineteen seventy eight World Cups, they actually did it alphabetically. So, um, Asi Ardias was an intricate technical midfielder who would have been typically seen as the number 10, frankly, jersey. He was, his last name is Ardias, so he, he was number one. Point here is they were the ones that bucked the trend and started to introduce you don't just have to do it by position going in the back. You can think a little bit more creatively, and then that launched where we are, you know, the the next three or four decades of very um, creative numbers. Um, and then, you know, of course, um, the number 10, you know, again, it just so happened to be that that was where Pele played in position. He was kind of the center forward, center, you know, attacking center mid, if you will, even though he was really more of a forward, a traditional 10 back in the old school 10 back then that would have been more of a 4-3-3 and he would have just been the center attacker. So that's kind of where the 10, but the 10's kind of been moved back in subsequent years. But Pele really launched it and then Maradona took the number 10 and catapulted it to a whole other level. He also kind of catapulted people being attached to a certain number. So that's when it kind of started to become associated with people's brand. Um, and, you know, they called him LDS um, and, you know, Argentina. And um, back in 2002, interestingly enough, um, the FIFA actually said, no, everyone's got to go back to the 1 through 11 number. So Argentina acquiesced, but they, they tried to retire number 10 for many, many years because of Maradona saying no one would be worthy of doing that. And they said, no, 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 you have to have someone wear it. And so this is where it goes to, it became, can become a bit of a burden. Ariel Ortega was uh, given the responsibility of wearing number 10 in the 2002 World Cup. Personal favorite player of mine. However, simply having the responsibility of wearing that number kind of, I wouldn't say tanked his career, but it was, it became... Is he as good as Maradona? He's as good as Maradona. Well, no, no, he isn't. But he never could quite live up to that. And I think he turned to the bottle and it kind of ruined his career. Was uh was Crespo on that team? Hernan Crespo was yes. twenty and he, I assume he wore the nine. Cre- Crespo was nine. Well, I might yep. I mm-hmm. looking at it or everything. Yep. But, he's uh, a t- he's a nine. Yeah. Uh I surely wouldn't want to wear number ten after Maradona, I'll tell you. Yeah, that. and we'll, <laughs> and we'll actually have a whole segment on that here in a minute. Um but, uh, yes, it was really the Premier League back in the early 90s that started to buck the trend of the 1 through 11. Players started getting a little bit more creative with their number choices. But still, you, again, today, I mean, to this very day, right and left back, number two, number three. And almost nine out of ten center backs are number four. Um, so we talked about number 10 in Argentina and certainly Brazil. And, and number 10 is really you know, the player and pretty much any club, any team, any nationality to this day. But then different clubs have really um, put a massive amount of symbolism, importance, um, heroism attached to certain numbers. AC Milan, you got Paolo Maldini and uh, at number three, and you got uh, Franco Baresi at number six. And again, that's sort of an old school number six. The number six now is a little bit more of a de- defensive center mid. Baresi was a little bit more of a center back. Um, but um, interestingly enough, those jerseys are retired now for AC Milan. Um, the only person that could wear number three are Daniel or Christian Maldini, his sons, um, uh, but only if they make the first team. 
So he put that caveat, like they're not allowed to wear it on the junior team. So even Paolo Maldini saying, hey, I know you're my son, but you're not worthy of that number until you play for the senior team. So no pressure there. It's just an example of how the number is even bigger than, you know what I mean? Like it's become, it's it's an honorary thing. And, and uh, talk about pressure for your two sons, like, hey, you can wear it, but only until you're good enough to start for the first team. Yeah, that AC Milan history. Uh, we've done that on a previous episode, and uh, all, all that is like intricated and, and weaved in. Um, man, I as a soccer fan, you know, you, you watch, you, you get to know the games, but then you you kind of take a peek back in history. It, it is just it's so amazing, just how it's evolved and all the little intricate pieces that make up you know the sport that we love. Yeah, and um, we talked about the number twelve being retired. So Bayern Munich and Portsmouth have retired number twelve. And they call their supporters the twelfth man, um, but now we start getting into a little bit more creative choices and people being really dogmatic about their own numbers. So one of my favorites is the number nine shirt at um, Inter Milan was, you know, El Fenomeno Ronaldo wore that number, and but someone else was wearing that number when he got there, Ivan Zamorano. And they said, sorry, bud, you got to give up number nine. And in a bit of a sarcastic protest, he wore the famous one plus eight. So 18, but he put the plus sign in between. So he was sort of saying, I'm still number nine. Um, that's, so this is where numbers start getting a little bit more creative. Um, you know, then again, you know, you've had people that are that protest when certain people wear certain numbers like uh, Juventus, Carlos Tevez. Uh, was given number 10 and Del Piero wore that number for two decades and was such a uh, worshipped player there that they protested him wearing it. You, Tarlos Tevez goes on to crush it, so they kind of forgave him. But um, he was one that rose to the challenge. Again, nothing to the extent of Del Piero, but he did well with it. And then the, another example of where people start to really get weird and misinterpret numbers is Gigi Buffon, when he played at Parma, wanted to wear the number 88. And um, it was protested vehemently, in the, um, particularly with the Jewish community, because the eighth letter in the alphabet is H. So some people thought that he was saying Hail Hitler for two H's. And that was where you're like, oh, come on. This is getting ridiculous. Bit of a reach, probably. Bit of a reach. I would but say. Just, it's just an example of how people really place. I mean, again, going back to to um, the Arsenal manager in 1928, just kind of arbitrarily giving numbers. Fast forward to people having massive interpretations on certain numbers. Um, then you started seeing players like uh, Balotelli and uh, Markovic um, at Liverpool wearing number 45 and 50, despite the traditional number seven and 11 being available. So now you're starting to see some really creative ones. Um, you know, really wild as in today. So. I don't know if you've watched the Serie A lately, but there are people, I mean, Kvicha wears 77, you see 81, 92, you see all kinds of crazy numbers out there. Um, you know, Ronaldinho wore number 80 at AC Milan, El Sharaway wore 92, and even more bonkers, I don't know if anybody watched the Leagues Cup, but you may have noticed at Atlas FC, uh, number 209, three-digit numbers. Uh, what team was that? Atlas FC, uh, when they they were in the League's Cup, you know, Liga MX. Um, so I was just dying to know. I was, I was like, am I am I seeing that right? There's a, a player that is wearing number 209. And then for Pumas, uh, so his name is Jose Guzman for Atlas, wears number 209. And Montejano for Pumas wears number 210. So I figured out why they do that is because they're youth academy players. And so youth academy players are given three-digit numbers from 100 up. And they're not allowed to shed the three-digit number until they're pulled into the full senior team fully. But it begs the question, will those guys keep 209 and 210 because it's such a unique brand? Now we've really opened things up uh, to weirdness. I don't know why, but I... <laughs> It almost surprises me that I, I guess it's FIFA would allow a three-digit number. I, I mean, I guess there's no... You know, I guess there's no reason. It just it just seems odd, doesn't it? Yeah, it's an example of like the World Cup. They probably won't allow that, but maybe in, I mean in Liga MX, it's allowed. 
So people are wearing three-digit numbers now. That's a uh, a no rules league. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, in my head, uh, my head like for like recent number associated, um, I guess current events. I go back to um, Jude Bellingham at uh, I think Bristol, right? I think it's mm-hmm. Bristol City. He got his um, his number retired, and he, he was only there. I mean, a handful of years. Obviously, got his move to the Dortmund and the Real Madrid, but that's one that came to mind. That's like a little more recent. That you know, number specific. Yeah, and I mean, you know, now that social media and everyone has a brand has really crept into everything in the last 10 or 15 years, numbers are even more important. I mean, we all know CR7. I mean, that's, that those three digits and our letters and numbers are worth a billion dollars right there. Um, I mean, my Sunday U team's playing CP3 tomorrow. I'm just saying these these numbers are really part of people's brand. So we've really gone a long way um, with it. Um, and, um, you know, there's a couple other examples of where certain numbers were available, but coaches felt there was no one worthy of wearing it or, or different reasons why they won't. Like, you know, Eto'o shunned, you know, he would, he's a typical number nine, of course, but he wore number five at Everton because that was his youth number at Cameron. So he had a personal affinity for that number. Um, and then Gallus at uh, Arsenal wore number 10 because after Burkamp retired, Arsene Winger thought no one was worthy of wearing number 10 again. So, you know, that's kind of an example of where random people were wearing atypical numbers. Um, so a little bit more of a history, going back a little bit more, and let's look at each number individually. So again, goalies, you all often don't even see them wearing numbers anymore, but that's the traditional, they're the number one. Um, number two um, is typically that of a right back. Um, and, you know, not the most glamorous position, but, um, you know, I think one of the things I would note right now is that you're seeing a lot of, a lot more um, adventurous, speed, um, skillful number twos out there that um, you look at Tim Weah, you know, he's sort of playing the number two position or he actually has been playing, not playing a whole lot at Juventus, but he was a number nine that's been asked to play number two. So the no- may I suggest that the number two is becoming that of some moonlighting number nines, uh, maybe, um, but some historic number twos are uh, Gary Neville, Manchester United for in England, Christian Panucci of many Italian teams and a personal favorite of mine, Cafu for AC Milan in Brazil, Danny Alves for Barcelona, PSG Brazil, Lillian Taram for Juventus in France, Diego Godin for uh, Atletico Madrid in Uruguay, Kyle Walker for Man City in England, so again, you start when you start listing out some of these players, you're like, oh yeah, number two, that is a very concrete identity, and those are some phenomenal players, some of the best defenders that have ever played the game. Um, legendary number three, again, l- pioneered by my man Paolo Maldini here, um, is that of a left back, um, and you know, similarly to the number th- two. Um, I mean, I might even argue that the number threes almost have even more attack uh, capabilities in them. Um, speed, strength, um, you know, Paolo Maldini, AC Milan, Italy, Thiago Silva for AC Milan, PSG Brazil, Ashley Cole for Arsenal in England, Gerard Piquet for Barcelona in Spain, Pepe for Real Madrid, Portugal, Roberto Carlos for Real Madrid in Brazil, uh, Giorgio Chiellini for Juventus, Italy. Um, this is another interesting one. So Gareth Bale, if many remember, you know, really came on the scene at Tottenham as a left back. I mean, that's oftentimes where a lot of young players get their first shot is at the number two and three position. Um, and so he wore number three. Um, sure enough, you know, m- most of us think of him now at, as the number 11 for um, Real Madrid in particular. And it's just interesting, like he didn't keep number three. They moved him up top and it would almost have been a a faux pas to have kept number three. Why? Who cares, really? But that's the symbolism of these numbers. It was. It would have been like oh, I would never dare wear number three up top. That's just a, a no-no. 
that's a that's a player I'm veering off a little bit, but that that's a player that a, a fan base turned on him, and I have no idea why. And, oh, you he know, never. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, it's, it's neither here nor there. But you know, he gets so much shtick for you know golf and laziness, and all I can think of is his bike in the Champions League final. I mean, <laughs> that's He's worth got, some love, I think. I would say ten of the top ten Real Madrid goals of all time. He's probably got three of them. That bike. That dribbled through the entire team at Barcelona to win a Copa del Rey. I mean, um, so moving on to number fours. Um, so um, the legendary number four has grown to that of the almighty central defender, uh, Ray Salvadori. If you're listening, shout out to you. I don't know if you were number four, but I remember you saying you were center back. Um, so the number four is that of kind of strength, leadership, wisdom, um, made famous by Dirk Kaiser, Franz Beckenbauer. Bayern Munich, Cosmos, Germany, Sergio Ramos, Real Madrid, Spain, now Sevilla, of course, Ronald Koeman at um, Ajax, PSV, Barcelona, and of course, Holland, um, Virgil van Dijk of Liverpool, uh, Claude McAuley, even though Claude McAuley, I would say, is a little bit of a six in spirit, but still, similar thing. Patrick Vieira, again, a little bit more of a six type player. Uh, with the Invincibles era, uh, Arsenal, and of course France. Steve Bruce for Man U in England. Fernando Hero at Real Madrid in Spain. Pep Guardiola for Barcelona in Spain. Um, so it's, I, I think it's also worth noting, if you were to listen to that names, anyone would probably be able to say, what's common thread amongst that group? That's a lot of coaches. And not only coaches, really good coaches and visionary coaches of today. Um, so it, it would seem number the number four. Uh, you may have a future as a coach. Interestingly, um, and you know, if there's sort of the yin to the um, yang of that of the center mid philosopher. There's sort of the center back stoics, if you will. Um, also, if you want to get really weird with it, um, a lot of German, Dutch, French, and Spanish. One British. Um, might also call the number four position that of imperialism and colonialism. A lot of foreign rule there. A lot of uh, so, uh, a lot of generals in that. A lot of uh, conquistadors, if you will. Um, and so this is where it gets really interesting. So going up the middle here, um, when six was four and when four was six. So. Some fours went forward and some six went back. Um, recently, number four is commonly known more of as is a center back, and, and number six is more of a defensive center mid. Um, interestingly, number two, four, six, eight, ten, all up the middle, um, and advancing in goal scoring prowess as you you know advance. And I mean again, that's that's a given. But when you know the history, you're like, oh, that makes complete sense. Um, and all four of those numbers have a massive amount of symbolism in their own and have become very idiosyncratic and individualistic in their own right. Um, so I, this is a really interesting one. So let's go to number six. Um, number six right now has never been hotter. Um, there's been many articles uh, being written about how um, clubs are paying astronomical sums for number sixes that a decade ago were, I don't want to say an afterthought, but no one thought much of number sixes as being, but data analytics and the new age and has uh, uncovered their, their value and, you know, has shown that um, they get more passes into the final third, they win more tackles, they have more touches, um, you know, Chelsea alone has bought 97 number sixes, evidently. They have literally 15 defensive center mids and have, of their billion dollars in transfer fees, almost 30% of it are for number sixes. Um, I mean, uh, Casado is a tenth of it himself. Um, so are Romeo, Lavia, um, numerous others. I. I'm going to digress here a little bit and just say I actually think the number six position is overvalued right now. I'm a number eight, number you know, number five, eight, occasionally ten type of a player. I, you know, if you want to get really interesting, I, if you were to compare number six to a stock, 
they're kind of the Walt Disney's, the Amazons right now. Maybe a little overpriced. Like I get the value, but I'm just saying that more touches, tackles I get, more touches and more passes than in the final third. That doesn't mean it leads to a goal. I mean, I think right now, like nine out of 10 clubs in the world would pay twice as much for a Rodri than they would for a, for a Kevin De Bruyne. I'd buy Kevin De Bruyne 10 times, you know, six days and seven times on Sundays. It's almost like you could get the, you could, you know, if, if I could, if I could have a really good number 10 and a, you know, better than average six, you know, you think I could do a little bit more, but yeah, I mean, I have down here, you know, Declan Rice got a huge move this summer. Cacheto you already talked about. Um, I guess Enzo's a little bit more of an eight, a little bit more playmaking. But um, yeah, I would I would definitely put him in the six category too, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and I'd say now's a great time to go buy yourself a shiny number eight or number ten. Yeah, that's a hot real estate right now. Yeah, I mean because the number six is in my opinion overvalued. That being said, though, I'm I'm, I'm not giving them their fair due. Um, they're phen- you know incredible players. So let's talk about um, some of the greatest number sixes of all time, Javi. There is no Iniesta without Xavi. Interestingly enough, six and eight. You know, they were true to form there. Ronald De Boer from Ajax, AC Milan, Barcelona, Holland. Matthias Sammer from Borussia Dortmund, Germany. Bobby Moore is a historic one for Man U in England. Pogba, Pogba, please come back wherever you are. I know you're hurt and all kinds of trouble, but Juventus, Man U, France. Camavinga, Real Madrid in France. Thiago Silva, Chelsea, Brazil. Marco Verratti, PSG, Italy, now Saudi League. Um, and um, so that's the number six. Again, you know, that's your linchpin, your, your, you know, your rock in the back of the midfield. I think, you know, like Maradona made, made 10, you know, not, it was established before, but he like really kind of set it off. I want to say to the, you know, the average to semi above average soccer fan, I feel like that. Xavi and Iniesta, I feel like they kind of made the six and the eight a little bit more recognizable, I think. Maybe maybe that's just me and, you know, my, my generation or whatever. But to me, the first number six and the first number eight that I think about would probably be that duo. Yeah. Well, and again, I mean, interesting enough, you go back in time here. I mean, yeah, they're, they're I mean, they're about as typical six and eight as you're going to get. Um, but they're, you, when you really start recognizing the theme, there's a lot of them here. And um, you know, there's a lot more, um, I mean, we'll talk about eight more in a minute, but, um, number Steven Gerrard, you know, he was like the, my, he's the first one I think of when I think of a number eight, um, that really attacking center mid, um, we skipped over a number, number five. Um, and number five is near and dear to my heart. Cause that's what I wore. Um, and I, I would like to say of all the numbers, one through 11, I feel like the number five has been kind of left in the dust here a little bit. You don't hear anyone say, oh, they're a true number five. And I would like to change that right here, right now. So go and use that from this point forward. They're number five. All right, what's a number five? Well, I'm going to tell you what a number five is. Um, To me, when I was coming along in the early 90s, the number five had strong symbolism in an honor to me because it number five to me was that of the can do it all center mid can just absolutely get stuck in and just eviscerate someone, but also had uh, all the talent in the world to be the best player on the field in any given time and put it in the back of the net. And um, the two that I think of the first are Zidane. And then number two behind him is Fernando Redondo. I think probably one of the best do-it-all center mids of Real Madrid or Argentina's all time. And I think too, so like the five would be the five would be the player that he could play the six, he could play the eight, yeah, he could play the ten. It's kind of a combo six eight. It, it's kind of just like where where you need him to fit in in, in the particular buildup of the team. That's when the number five would go. Assume one of those three. Yeah, players. the number five can mark their the other team's best player, but he can also he could also take three people on and rip it upper 90 from outside the 18. And um, I mean, to me, that's Zidane. I mean, to me, you know, he could do anything. And um, I think, you know, the rock stars, tough, brilliant, romantic, stylish, enigmatic, mercurial, tough. Um, You know, some other interesting fives, they're kind of all over the map, but, and they slant a little bit more defensively, Cannavaro, 
Carlos Piol, Rio Ferdinand, Sergio Busquets. I think of Gundogan mm-hmm. as a you know city guy and every like he he's one where oh yeah, you know, yeah. depending on the lineup you know he's, he's a great offensive six eight you know I've seen him more advanced so that's the one that you know comes to my mind. Yeah, I mean he yeah it's um but to me I don't know the um number five position has tremendous symbolism to me so go start saying you know so <laughs> this is what I would say about a number five is like your number six might be a little bit more your steady Eddie. Your your number five might be uh, a little bit more out there. He's a little bit more likely to uh, backpack through Europe, reading Nietzsche, listening to Grateful Dead dick pics, maybe crying outside his girlfriend's apartment in the rain. You know, the personality pendulum swings a little further. And I might be putting a little bit too much on Zidane here. You know, Zidane is just has this um, mythical status. And that, you know, when he retired from France and he came back, he said that he was visited in a, in a dream by a figure that told him he needed to come back. I mean, that to me, that's the number five. You know, it's just maybe a little out there, maybe a dash of crazy, but you want him in the foxhole with you, that's for sure. Um, and then, you know, case okay, so, all right, right, couldn't be hotter. Who's the best player wearing number five? Um, Billingham. He's been bestowed the honor of wearing number five. And I, hey, Maybe he's the new and, – and I couldn't think of a better one to be like, all right, that's a number five. And um, he he could be a Ballon d'Or contested, contestant this year. Can't stop scoring. No. I mean, some of those are just right place, right time, but someone's got to be there. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go. Let's keep moving on. Number eight, another great one. Um, another position with a big personality so the number eight is the yang to the number six yin the attacking center mid and again i already said this but the very first number eight i think of is steven gerrard that guy's highlight reel can rival anyone's ronaldo messi maradona uh, thierry henry um you often hear the phrase box to box midfielder that can kind of be applied to a six or an eight um but um they're kind of the one that operates in the middle connecting defense and attack the maven, if you will, the highly mobile, all over the pitch, the Swiss Army knife of the bunch. Um, some other number eight legends are, of course, uh, Iniesta, um, Tony Cruz, Frank Lampard, um, were eight for, but I, th- I think more of, for um, England, I think more of Gerard for number eight. But Lampard's a good number eight as well, of course. Risto Storskov, Socrates. Gennaro Gattuso, interestingly, wore number eight, who I really think is more of a six in in spirit. But he's uh, Juninho, the famous Brazilian free kick taker. Kaká wore number eight. Freddie, Frankie Youngberg. Um, Paul Scholes would have been a good eight, but he wore 18, interestingly. Um, and um, so that's the eight. We skipped over another number, number seven. That's a big one. Um, this is in one where certain clubs have a lot of uh, symbolism on the number. Manchester United, obviously, is the the biggest one. Um, George Best really was the creator of that number seven. We talked about he wore other numbers, but he became synonymous with that number seven. And um, you know, other some of the best players of all time for Man U were number seven: Brian Robson, Eric Cantona, David Beckham, and then of course Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, so I would argue um, that the number seven catapulted Cristiano Ronaldo's career. Just that if he had been set year number 15, I'm not sure he would have been Cristiano Ronaldo that he is today. He was given the responsibility and he was deemed worthy of wearing number seven. And I would even argue that the, the spirits of Beckham, Cantona, Best, Robson, lifted him up and catapulted to where he is like he he rose to that he relished that he used that and it it gave him more confidence wearing the number seven now many since and frankly no one since has been worthy of wearing the crown of number seven um those that have tried um and again great players i'm not saying but just it it they were. It was. It's been a bit of a revolving door of number seven since um, Memphis Depay, Alexis Sanchez, Angel de, Angel de Maria, Michael Owen, Cavani, Valencia, and now Mason Mount. I wonder how Mason Mount's going to do with it. I would argue it's 
frankly, cursed him. But I mean, he's doing fine. But I mean, we'll see. Um, and so it's interesting. There's a there's an example of a, of a number, seemingly innocuous number, meaningless. It it I mean, it Angle de Maria couldn't get out of there fast enough. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, the responsibility of being that great. If he had been given his number eleven, eh, maybe he'd still be there. I mean, I don't know. I doubt it, but maybe. Um, other famous sevens: Raúl. Ribery, Kevin Keegan, Luis Figo, Schweinsteiger, Garincha, and Mbappe wears number seven, too. You know, a, a, a real um, Man U, Real Madrid flavor with a dash of Bayern Munich and old school Liverpool in there. Um, all right, let's keep going. We're trucking now. Let's get to one of the big ones, number nine, uh, the striker, the lone wolf, Delta Force. Um, parachute him in there. They're there to do one thing and one thing only, put it in the back of the net. Um, your hot shots, your mavericks, uh, in the words of Tupac, all eyes on me, you know. Um, and um, that kind of goes back to the old school from 1 to 11. You know, number 9 kind of – I would say we're going to get to 10. We're saving the best for last. Um, number 9, it's odd. One would think that number 10 would be – or one would think number 11 would be the striker, frankly, but 7 and 11 stayed out this way. All the even numbers kind of went up through the middle. Number 10, I would argue, is players like Maradona and Messi and many others have kind of were kind of asked to pull back. They were, frankly, too good. They're like, we need you helping out in the midfield and, pl and getting playing, serving the ball up to others as well. But the number 9 has become synonymous with a, the lone attacker. Um, and interestingly enough, too, back when I was coming up, the nine and ten were it would in the four four two days you'd have two up top, but now a lot of teams have have left that number nine. I would say the likes of Ronaldo, Il Phenomeno, and the likes of Erling Holland and uh, Benzema, um, Harry Kane, Batistuta, Alan Shearer, uh, Luis Suarez, Latan used to wear. Um, Fernando Torres, Van Boston, Iguain, George Weah, those guys were all capable of kind of operating up top. They're just blistering pace. It was a counteract. I mean, they could you could get them in there by themselves, and they could either hold it, ditch it back off to a number ten or eight or seven eleven for a goal, or go it themselves. Um, you know, but I, I, talk about the evolution of number nine a little bit too. It's it's advancing even to this very day, you know, Jurgen Klopp um, actually calls the number nine the first line of defense. <laughs> so you could say the best defense is an offense. Well, to Klopp, um, the best offense is a defense, evidently. Heavy metal football, baby. That's right. Absolutely. Heavy metal football. Number line, first line, of, number nine, first line of defense. Um, does Nunes wear number nine? Mm, that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to make that call. Yeah, I don't know. At, well, anyway, uh, um, he's balling here uh, lately. Um, so yeah, number nine—that's your striker. That you, you now you know why number nine is what it is. And so when you hear that they're a true number nine, that's what they are. They're the true striker. Well, for in U.S. soccer, we're constantly asking who's our true number nine. Um, is it Pepe? Is it Balogun? Uh, is it Sergeant? Um, Interesting. Again, this is where one of those where I feel like we've almost overdone that. Where like the nine has to be up top by themselves, and I'm like, put Pepe and Balogun up there together. You know what I mean? I mean, frankly, sit Wea and have two up top. In my opinion, uh, I don't know. That's one where like the numbers have almost been the tail has wagged the dog on that one a little bit, and it's like, who says you can't have two strikers? I mean, that's when I was coming along. It was four four two, and you have nine and ten or. Nine and eleven, uh, whatever it is, up top. Um, I was calling for Weah to play up top. Uh, in last World Cup, I, I would have loved to see him at the nine, and then have you know your yeah, yeah. more dynamic players out. That actually, the Caleb will be on a future episode. You know, we had that conversation all the time. Truthfully. Yeah. Um, all right, so getting get, getting here to the end, uh, the mother of them all, the king of the castle, the master of their domain, the Messiah, the one touch, touched by God. Uh, Italian, Argentinian, Brazilian cultures have deified this number, number 10. All started with Pele as we talked. God rest his soul, the original uh, number 10. I mean, that's that's where it all started. And then 
Maradona really took it to a whole other level. Um, and then, you know, other greats, Platini, Ronaldinho, Tati, Baggio, Burkamp, um, have all worn it. Um, number 10 in Argentina, we talked about a little bit more earlier, is, you know, just a cult-like status. I mean, it's, you know, who's going to wear the number 10? And it literally, I don't want to say tanked, but Ariel Ortega, I mean, again, great player, but he just wasn't worthy of it. He couldn't handle the pressure. He didn't want the pressure, frankly. Argentina didn't want him to have it, but FIFA demanded that someone wear it, and he kind of flamed out a little earlier than he should, um, El Burro. Um, Raquel May wore it for a while. He did it proud-ish. I, 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 people love Raquel May. I think he was, frankly, a little bit overrated, but a good player, and he did okay. But... Um, Paulo Barrientos, Marso, Marcelo Espina, Angel Correa, Nacho Gonzalez, Javier Pastore, Ever Benega, love Ever Benega. He's more of a six or five, frankly, in my opinion. He's a five. Um, but he was given that. Alice, um, Andres D'Alessandro, I love that player from River. Uh, Angel Di Maria, Sergio Aguero, son in law uh, to Maradona, uh, and best friend of Leo Messi. Pablo Aramar. Just named a handful of some of my all-time favorite players, but none of those guys were the number 10. And it, it was too much for a lot of those guys to wear. I mean, phenomenal careers a lot of those guys had. Um, and no one really was able to kind of carry the throne until Messi. But it's worth mentioning, he had about a 20-year period there where it was kind of a love-hate relationship with him back at home in Argentina. A lot of people were like, he's more Spanish than he is Argentinian. He finally, 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 finally got it done. We just got it in Qatar, you know, winning the World Cup. I think it's funny, you know, let's, before the World Cup, the argument, you know, whether it's fair or not, Messi and Ronaldo, right, always get compared to each other, you know, who's better. And people would people would bring up the... Uh, the international success relative that you know Ronaldo had over Messi, and that was kind of like a chip that they used. Mm -hmm. And then he won the World Cup, and then you know uh, history wrote itself. But uh, but yeah, I mean you know again like Messi is synonymous with number ten ish though because his early days at, at Barcelona he was number thirty, and then I think he rocked number nineteen for a while, which I loved, and then. Um, you know, you kind of had to wear number 10. I mean, it was like, you don't have a choice. Someone's got to wear number 10. It's got to be you. And so he he had to do it for Argentina. But frankly, I think one of the things with Messi is he's like, don't don't make me be Maradona. I think he would have continued to rock number 19 if they had let him. And maybe all that pressure wouldn't have been there. But anyway, he, he overcame it. And thank goodness he did. Um, but, um, you know, Bayern Munich... Uh, Thomas Mueller's warning, he calls it uh, the Ramateur, which is space, investiga uh, space investigator is what they call that. Um, it's, you know, it's the magician. It's the one that creates something out of nothing. He turns the tides. He walks on water uh, and is literally worshipped in a religious-like status in a lot of different countries. I saw Line Breaker was one, too. Kind of, you know, he's the... the the decisive pass. He's mm -hmm. the, the one that creates, you know, the opportunity before the opportunity or, or whatever line breakers. Another one I saw in there. That's a good one. And, you know, uh, Lothar Mateus, Luka Modric, some great number 10s. I mean, they're number 10s. Again, I would just say about number 10, it's, it's bigger than any one of them. Cause it's not Messi, Maradona. It's Messi, Maradona, Pelo, Lothar Mateus, uh, Modric. I mean, there's infinite numbers other of others. Um, and then the the last out of the eleven is number eleven, is that kind of that of a, of a, um, going in, in ascending ascending order, is that of kind of the outside winger going in, and you know when I think of number eleven, my all time favorite is Ryan Giggs, and that's the person that uh, embodies the number eleven best to anyone to me. Um, other good ones, Gareth Bale, we talked about him, Mo Salah, Di Maria, right here, uh, Drogba. Which interestingly, I think he of him was more of a nine, but he wore number eleven. Uh, Michael Laudrup, again, I think of him more of a five or eight center mid, but he wore eleven. Uh, Karl Heinz of Rumanega, Miroslav Klose, Edgar David, some really good elevens in there. Um, I feel like the eleven. This is getting weird, but it's almost like they're kind of the like has it all but just chose to sit in the back of the class like they could be the student body president but just chose to sit in the back of the class listen to joy division and get all the chicks kind of a thing like 
uh, Ryan Giggs, interestingly, you know, there was a time where he was thought to rival that of David Beckham in terms of like a heartthrob, it guy of the Great Britain. And he consciously chose another route of a quieter existence, um, you know, albeit still a Manchester United legend, but he didn't go marry a Spice Girl, but he could have. Um, and um, let's see. So wrapping up here, just some other numbers that are worthy, that are worth mentioning that are outside that of the 1 through 11. You know, number 14 for Cruyff, Terry Henry. Um, number 19, number 30, we'll always have a special place in my heart with um, – you know, that of Messi. And then, of course, number 23, I mean, Michael Jordan, that even permeated soccer as well. So I zoomed out a little bit, right? Sports, we love it, you know, because you know, most of us played it, but it, it's romantic, right? Like the storylines. I just thought of other numbers that kind of add to that romanticism. You know, Michigan's number one uh, wide receiver in college football usually wears number one. You know, I thought that was interesting. Um, 23 and 24 for basketball, right? Kobe, LeBron, Michael Jordan. Um, I, I just think sports are so intricate and, uh, you know, we love them so much, but I, that romanticism is what, you know, really drives uh, community within that. And uh, it's just amazing how something as simple as numbers on the back of a jersey can just add so much to, you know, all sports pretty much. Yeah, I mean, number 12, a lot of quarterbacks wear number 12. Um, and, you know... Um, TB12, baby. Yeah, that's right. So, like, number 23, of course, you know, that that crossed over sports and crossed continents from Michael Jordan. And then Beckham started wearing number 23, actually, at Real Madrid. And Sol Campbell wore 23, Jamie Carragher, uh, Robbie Fowler, Arshavin wore 23 at one point. Um, and, um, you know, again, just kind of going back to the beginning, what was just a pretty much an arbitrary way to kind of maintain or keep some order to one through 11 players has really grown to become this massively symbolic, uh, mystic aura uh, around these numbers that literally are massive billion dollar brands associated with them. And um, they're continuing to evolve in what they mean, their symbolism, their style of play, different cultures are attached to them. And, um, you know, who, who knows what the future will hold? I mean, maybe we'll be talking about number 209 having a, a brand all to itself here in the not too different future. So just hopefully you learned something, uh, the history of why numbers are the way that they are, why certain players wear them, why certain styles are attached to them, uh, different roles, responsibilities, how it can literally uh, catapult a career. It can, frankly, tank a career. Um, it can you know, lead someone to alcoholism and to quit the game altogether, or it can literally catapult someone into global stardom in the case of Cristiano Ronaldo. So this has been the Center Mid Philosopher. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, if, if you like today's show, you know, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify follow, Podcasts. Follow, follow. Yeah, give us a follow. And, you know, if there's something particular, a topic that you want us to discuss, leave it in the comments and, uh, you know, we'll craft it into the show. So preach, appreciate everybody watching. Matt, you got anything else? Nope. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Hope you learned something and uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you.